Hello, Crossroads friends. Good to see you all. It is March 24th, Wednesday, 2021. Uh, we're going to get into uh, Genesis chapter 8, verses 20 through 22 um, this afternoon. So if you would, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your goodness, how you watch over us and give us direction and guidance as you lead us in the paths of righteousness May we keep our eyes on Christ, uh, the author and finisher of our faith in all that we go through and all that we endure, that that he is the one who is guiding us and directing our paths. He is the one who is living in in us. Uh, It's not us, but it's, it's his strength that takes up residence in us, that we continue to pursue him and come after him. God, I pray that as I teach on what Noah has been going through and what he's been dealing with, Before the flood, during the flood, and now coming out of the flood, God, I pray that every person here who is listening will search out and check out your word and what your word says, how it applies to our lives and how we should have the right response to you and how we conduct our lives in our speech and in our conduct, that you are worthy of our praise in all things. You are worthy of our praise. God, Now, as we get into this, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, turn over to Genesis chapter 8, verses 20 through 22. Before I read these three verses, though, let's just recap a little bit about what has happened. Uh, Noah is a man that uh, he's he's not um, unlike anybody that's walked who was before or after He's a man. He's made, uh, he's committed sin. The thing is, he's recognized his sin and he walks before the Lord and he acknowledges that and he worships him. And it says that Noah, he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And in, in that's, it says also that that's in verse eight of Genesis six, that he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That means the Lord was gracious to him. Um, it wasn't anything that Noah earned, but it's that it's that God saw who Noah was, what he was like, what kind of man he was. And as we talked about in Genesis five, we talked about the heritage that was passed down, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Enoch, uh, I'm missing out a few, but but there was 10 generations from Adam to Noah and those men, they worshiped the Lord. There was, they were, their families were raised to know the Lord. Um, they didn't all follow the Lord or pursue him because they had other sons and daughters, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord was gracious to him. And it also says this in Genesis 6, verse 9, that Noah was a righteous man. It wasn't anything that he worked for. Again, he acknowledged who he was before the creator God, Lord God Almighty. He knew what he was. He knew that he was just very small in in all of God's creation, but Noah recognized God for all of his authority and who he was and what he was all about. He recognized that and That's the first step. Everybody thinks that salvation begins with acknowledging Christ as Savior, acknowledging Christ as Lord. 
with all authority and all power. That's where it's completed. The work of salvation is completed. When Christ said it is finished, it was done. It was over. It was completed. The blood was shed. No more shedding of animal or blood sacrifice from animals or anything like that. Jesus paid the full sacrifice at that time. But before then, all those, all those men of the Old Testament coming forward to Christ, blood had to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. Even before the law, even before Moses and the law and the high priest and all that that was in the Old Testament, Noah recognized that because it had been passed down. Because his great-great-great-great-grandfather Adam recognized that in the garden, in the garden of Eden. That blood is what restores our fellowship with the Lord. And so that's what made Noah righteous. He recognized that it's not him making himself righteous. It's the Lord that puts that on him. It's almost like putting on a coat or clothed in his righteousness. He recognized that. It also says in verse 9 of Genesis uh, six. Noah was a righteous man. He was blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. There was nothing about Noah that people could point at and say, okay, he may love the Lord outwardly and publicly, but inside he's not, he is not that kind of person. In other words, Noah, what he was like was he had a reputation but also his integrity and his character also followed that. What was coming on the outside started on the inside and it worked itself out of who he was and what he was like. He was blameless. Nobody could point a finger at Noah. Everybody knew what kind of man he was. They may, they may not have liked him. There may have been hatred. There may have been vulgarities thrown at him, but everybody knew what kind of man Noah was. He was blameless. Nobody could, could find anything with him that could, could find fault with him. Again, we're not talking about perfection. We're talking about a man who has a heart that is pure before the Lord. And not only that, he walked with God. Enoch, who was in generation seven, which would have been his great, great grandfather, it says that he walked with God in Genesis chapter five. So we see what kind of heritage that's been passed down of men who called upon the name of the Lord, who worshiped him uh, for who he was. Noah walked with God. In other words, there was, a, there was a life of principle that was practiced. There was a life of, of repetitive uh, holiness that was lived out in his life. He's, his mind, his thoughts were always on the Lord because at this particular time, the Lord looks down on the earth and he sees that the earth is filled with violence and corruption and that all flesh has corrupted their way on the earth. As a matter of fact, um, we see that, that uh, uh, the Lord, it, Moses writes this in Genesis uh, six verse five, the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It's not just that man was doing evil and performing acts of evil. It's that his mind was constantly 
dwelling on evil. So you have Noah who is living a life in just the opposite way. His mind is dwelling on the things of the Lord. His mind is dwelling on the holy things of God. His mind is dwelling on the righteous things of God and how to please him and how to pursue him. He was actively worshiping God, not just in in a time when he would come to a, a, a solemn time where he would just sacrifice a lamb or some type of animal for the shedding of its blood. But he was in his life, he was always thinking thoughts on the Lord. So that's the kind of man that Noah was. And so, and we also, and so God chooses him to build the ark. His, his sons, Ham, Japheth, and Shem, they obviously join him in this. And as a matter of fact, the ark is built like a cruise liner, a ship of a modern day ship. That's the kind of dimensions that it has and how it's used. Um, I, uh, a lot of times I'll drive by a local high school football stadium and I'll, I'll think, man, the art could fit right in that, right in that stadium with its length and its width. It could fit right in there. That's incredible to me. And that is, again, those dimensions that are talked about are also used even to this day for the, uh, for the cruise liner. We're not talking about somebody who had no skills. We're talking about somebody who God had had given these skills, this 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 intelligence, and these abilities in which he was able to do that. I think that's that's incredible, uh, because we always think of of man progressing, evolving. No, no. From Adam onward, men were created and given. Uh, skills to do jobs, to be able to work. We were created to work and Noah exemplifies that. We also see as we move along here, even during the, they were, they were on that ark for one year. And it says in, in verse one of uh, Genesis eight, that God remembered Noah. And I, I wrote this down that to when, when God remembered him, it was piercing. It was pierced to the heart. It's not that God had this, oh, oh yeah, hey, I've got this flood going on and there's this family on this huge barge that's floating on the surface of the earth. Yeah, yeah, I got to get back to them. No, 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 no. The idea of remembering, it's it's like a, a piercing to the heart, uh, a piercing to, uh, to know what um, is going on here. Uh, that that he remembered his mind, God's God's mind, his thoughts were on Noah continually, and he was pierced to it. When you're pierced into something, it's something that you will never forget. You're always in remembrance, and you're always thinking about these things. And so we see that we see here that that's what's happening here. And then the the water begins to subside. But again, we're talking about taking over a year before things return to normal here, because God caused a wind to pass over the earth and has the water subsided. And when they finally, when the ark finally rested, God or Noah sent out a raven. A raven is a scavenger bird. They're not real picky about where they, where they land, where they, where their habitat is. It's an unclean bird. 
So, so the raven goes out and he, the raven never returns. The dove, he sends the dove out. The dove comes back. Very particular, very, very uh, specific about where he's going to land and where he's going to be. Then, then finally, the comes back, has a olive branch or an olive, some type of a leaf twig in the beak. All of a sudden, we're thinking, hey, there's dry land out there. Releases the dove one more time and never to return. So now it's safe. There is dry land out there. And the ark is, has, uh, has landed or it's, it's resting there on the uh, mount the mountains of Ararat and Ararat is a, is a mountain range around the Turkish Armenian border there of, uh, of the, of, of kind of, uh, central Asia, I guess. Um, although or Armenia, uh, Georgia and Azerbaijan, three small countries right there that are just right around, uh, right there that, that are close to the Turkish border, just kind of south of Russia. Uh, that mountain range runs up through uh, eastern Turkey up to Armenia, but it also runs down kind of uh, kind of a southeasterly flow, and it goes and runs along the border of Iran also. So it's a long mountain range, and so uh, it rests there. And you know, when we, if you've done any work with within children's ministry, there's always these posters and it'll show this kind of, kind of, uh, kind of, uh, happy go lucky older man with a beard and he's got a cane and he's, he's got his robe on. And then you see these animals and they're all kind of in happy, happy feeling. I don't think, I think this was a very somber moment as they came off the ark and there's, what once was like the Garden of Eden and what and, and vegetation all over the place, uh, fig trees, uh, pear trees, apple trees, olive trees, any kind of of lush vegetation that was there, it's gone. Or there's just remnants of it now uh, because the earth has been just waterlogged, basically. Um, Think about this too. Death is all around. Uh, carcasses, bloated dead bodies. I mean, this is the aftermath of massive death and judgment that has come on the face of the earth now in what we what we see happening uh, and what Noah and his family, what they have to endure and what they're seeing now. Uh, on the face of the earth. So it's a very somber, a very, very somber experience. And as they, <clears throat> has, it says that in verse 18 of Genesis 8, so Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him, every beast, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by their families from the ark. Verse 20, then Noah built an altar to the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Elohim, plural. 
I really believe that we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three right there, the, the, the Trinity, because Elohim has a plural meaning and took and and he took every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. There's the first time where we see altar used in scripture. The altar. Um, ever since the Garden of Eden, the worship of the Lord has always been through animal sacrifice, blood offering. And you see that, uh, I, I, I talked about this quite a bit as we were going through the Garden of Eden and when God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve. The idea of made was an animal was executed, something was killed, um, blood was shed. I believe it was a lamb, but there's always been, when you approach the Lord, there is always blood sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, blood offering. And the and altar, again, this is the first time that the word has been used. Altar implies that it's to slaughter an animal. And notice what he does here. He took every clean animal and every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the altar. Everything Noah had, everything that was on that ark, every animal that was clean, every clean bird, everything was put and placed on that altar for sacrifice to the Lord. It was, a, it was thanksgiving that Noah is showing to the Lord. Thank you for being with us through this. You promised you were going to be with us. You told, you told us you were going to be with us through this. You, you invested in us to build this ark. You commanded us to do this and we live by faith and we trusted you. Even when it looked like it was, it was real. It, we were, there was, there was fear going on. You know that Noah and his sons, they had to be thinking, oh, is that, is that tar and pitch going to, going to, is it going to get us through for the next however long we're going to be on this ark? They come off there and all they did was praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Even in the midst of the circumstances that's going on around them, death is seen everywhere. Dead carcasses, dead human bodies all over the place, but yet they come off that ark and they're like, and an ark means refuge, a place of salvation. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being with us through this entire journey. Let me say this to you. Have there been times where you've thought, hey, I can't, how am I going to make it through this? How are we going to uh, move forward and keep living through this? Only the Lord, the Lord is our hope in all that we go through, everything we deal with people who are giving their lives to the Lord, even to this day in, in, in the midst of violence and their lives are being martyred and they're being persecuted, they're being imprisoned, they're giving their lives up. They are going in such a way that they're praising the Lord for what 
because he is the one. They know that there's a life beyond this. There is a life beyond this. How's the whole earth going to be repopulated? He took every clean animal and every clean bird. How is this going to happen? You know what? He didn't withhold anything. He didn't hold anything back from the Lord. He gave the Lord everything. I can't answer how that happened. I can't answer how how these animals went forth and repopulated the earth when, when you have Noah here taking every clean animal and every clean bird and offering those animals as a burnt offering on the altar because altar means to slaughter an animal, to slaughter an animal. Let me, I've got some, uh, let me read this. This is, this is even in the law, like law later on in Leviticus chapter one, verses nine and 14. It says that in verse seven, the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall arrange the pieces, the head and the suet of the, of the wood, which is, in, which is on the fire that is on the altar. Its entrails, however, and its legs he shall wash with water, and the priest shall offer up in smoke all, all of it on the, on the altar for a burnt offering and an offering by fire of a soothing aroma to the Lord. And then verse 14, but if his offering to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, then he shall bring it, bring his offering from the turtle doves or from young pigeons. So has Noah offered this, every clean animal, every clean bird, placed them on the altar to be slaughtered, for sacrifice, has burnt offerings. Verse 21, Genesis 8, and the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. And the Lord said to himself, the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and he will never again, I will never again, the Lord, I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. I'm going to stop there for just a minute here. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Yes, this is a dedication to the Lord. It's remembrance. It's repentance. Please forgive us of our sins. Remember how good we, we remember how good you have been to us and how you've walked with us through all this that we're going through, everything that we are dealing with. Uh, we praise you for who you are. Thank you. In other words, he is coming before the Lord. He is on his knees. He is giving himself and he's saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for being with us through this whole situation. As a matter of fact, also there is a mention here when Joseph and Mary, when they brought Jesus to the temple, for dedication. Luke chapter 2. Luke 2. And I'm going to read verse 22. And when the days of their purification, according to the law 
of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. In other words, set apart, set aside to the Lord. That's what Noah is doing. We are from this day forward, we are setting ourselves aside to the Lord. We are, we are, this is a new day. It's a new day, even though Noah realizes that, hey, man, when he comes into this world, his flesh is set on evil desires. He is born in sin. Man is just corrupt. He is. And his, and not just what he's going to do, but his thoughts, his, his thought life, lusts, everything are set naturally towards sin. And only the Lord can bring that change into someone. Verse 24, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Jesus, Aaron the high priest, and right here, Noah. Every animal, every clean animal and every clean bird was offered as a burnt offering on the altar. And the Lord smelled this. Let me say this, this this, this, this smell, it's not like God had these nostrils. It's just, it's, it's written for us to understand that, that the Lord recognizes and he saw this and it brought pleasure to him. Hey, here's somebody worshiping me. Here's somebody worshiping, worshiping me in thanksgiving. Here's someone who is worshiping me in repentance. Here is somebody who is remembering who I am, that I am God, all, God Almighty. The idea is breathe. There is, he is enjoying this aroma. The root word here, the smell we get is the word, the, the root from the Hebrew is spirit, spirit. Personal feelings of the Lord are shown to Noah and his family. Noah's recognition of the Lord in all of his sovereignty and his authority. This is what was pleasing to the Lord Jesus, to the Lord. This is what was pleasing to Yahweh. Again, he re God knows that. God knows that the intents of man's thoughts are on evil continually. That's all he's going to do. It's always on evil. So what do we see here? We see that God has said to himself, he didn't say it to anybody else, but to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth. I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. And then look the next verse here, verse 22, that ends Genesis 8. While the earth remains... While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. In other words, the cycle, the seasons. Right now, it's late March. I'm going to get ready for a season with my garden, planting different things, different types of crops, tomatoes, okra, 
green beans and, and cucumbers, things like that. I'll plant. And, uh, and this is the time of the year in which we do that. And then it'll har- we will harvest in, in uh, summertime and some in fall and things like that. As the earth remains, the earth was never intended to be eternal. It's a temporary home. God never intended the earth to be a permanent or eternal home right there. We see that right here. God has created seasons. And you know what? These seasons he's created are signs for us to be looking for his second coming. Christ came to pay for the redemption of man at the cross. Repentance, to see man turn from his wicked ways, to give his life to him. And that his speech and his conduct would be recognizing Christ and living for Christ and speaking for Christ in all that he does and how he lives his life with his family, with his children, a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, everything should be reflecting Christ in a believer's life, everything about that. Now, it's incredible what we see here with what Noah's lived through and what he's, what he's endured, what all he's gone through. I mean, incredible. What kind of man Noah, um, what he was, how he lived. The, the, I mean, there's no telling what kind of, not just ridicule, but verbal assaults that he had on his life, his son's life. But yet God was with him through all that. And you know what? On this side of Christ's death, see, they were looking to that. See, just like Noah, Noah knew there was something beyond what he was, what he was living through. He knew there was something beyond this earth. He knew there was an eternal king who was there in the same way we, he was looking forward to that. We look backward to that that time when Christ died and paid for us. It's he was looking for a coming redeemer who would pay the final payment for those sins. We look backwards at that, at the cross of Calvary. Now we're looking forward to when he is coming again, when he is coming in the Eastern sky and he's coming for his saints, for the redeemed ones, for those who are repenters, who are constantly turning from their sins and their wicked ways. Yes, that's what Noah did, what he lived through. Now, the next chapter, this last chapter of what we see in Noah's life, it's not good. It's not good at all. It's sad. And I'll talk more about that with Noah and and, uh, how his sons dealt with him. Uh, when we get into chapter nine. But I wanted to finish a thought that I said just a few minutes ago about people who are living a life that's, they know there is something beyond this world because they've given everything to the Lord. 
and they they come to him in praise, even in the midst of whatever persecution they're they're going through, even to the point of death. They're they're they've got their hands up and they're praising him for who he is because they know there's something beyond this. Because as we just read, while the earth remains, this world, it's 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 time is coming. It's time is coming to a, to a completion. It, it will be completed. As a matter of fact, the one thing I do remember, I am not a physics major at all. Not the first thing, but I remember when I was teaching science to some seventh and eighth grade students. There is a law of thermodynamics that says that everything has just so much energy. And that energy is slowly going to die down. It's going to run out of momentum. In other words, an object will have so much energy to the point where that object. Its energy will be depleted and it'll stop. That's what this world is is going through. It has so much momentum, so much age. That eventually there will be decay. That's going to happen during that time. We're looking forward to when Christ comes. When the end of all things come together and we're going to look for him. We're looking for him. You didn't know you'd get that about an end times lesson from that. But yeah, you check out what I'm saying. Please, please search the scriptures. Please see what I'm talking about. And, um, and don't take my word for it. Always go back to God's word. And because his word is the authority. Folks, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, I pray that this has been a blessing to you as much as it has been to me as I've prepared and studied. Um, may the Lord richly bless you in all that you do. Again, search the scriptures daily. Search them, search them with great eagerness. Search with enthusiasm. And uh, just continue to come after him in all that you do. Until next time, Maranatha, God bless.